Does science scare you? Do you believe it has to be difficult? I'm a biologist, educator and mum and natural scientist is my passion project. I'm on a mission to make science simple, to inspire more sustainable living and to explain complex concepts in a simple and easy to understand way. Join me as we explore the world around us through a simple and scientifically curious lens. Science can be such an intimidating word. I get it. I really do. And nowadays, there's so many different branches of science. It's actually hard to keep track of it all. Life science, natural science, physical science. uh, Where do you even start? There is so much information out there. And it's almost as if information's become a new form of currency, where people use the information that they have to better someone else's information and jump to the top of this imaginary ladder of being well-informed. I'm going to go out on a limb here and call that out as complete nonsense because more isn't always better. Because information isn't the same as knowledge and because we don't need to know it all to be well-informed. Cooking is such a great example of this. Take boiling an egg as an example, and apologies if there's anyone who's vegan listening to this, uh, but this is just such a great example, I have to use it. Do you know how to boil an egg? You know that the egg starts off raw, and if you were to crack it open, how it would look and feel. You know that to cook it, it needs to be in boiling water, and that you have to leave it for a certain amount of time. And when you take it out, it's no longer raw. It's cooked. When you're boiling the egg, are you thinking about applying energy in the form of heat to denature amino acid molecules that make up the protein and altering the physical and chemical characteristics of the egg? Probably not. Do you still understand how to boil an egg? Absolutely. And boiling an egg is chemistry. There's no need to know all the fancy terminology or exactly what's going on at a molecular level to be able to understand it and to apply the principles. For me, knowledge is about the layering of information. It's about linking information and applying it. Having a solid grasp of the absolute basics and then being able to link build on and apply that information in different situations. I recently experienced this when I discovered a link between greasy pots and coronavirus. One of the best ways to prevent the spread of COVID-19 is simply by hand washing, soap and warm water. It almost seems too simple. Let me share this weird journey that I've been on linking information to form knowledge. I learned at a very young age on a camping trip that you can't clean a greasy pot with cold water. You need warm water and you need soap to get rid of the greasiness. Years later, when I was doing food microbiology in university, we had a section on cleaning processes in food manufacturing facilities and what was needed to remove each of the different types of food contamination. For fats, it was heat and detergent. This makes perfect sense. And even though I hadn't really thought of it in this scientific context before, I already knew that you needed soap, (coughs) 
sorry, or detergent, and you needed heat or hot water to get rid of fat when you were washing a pot. Now, at the start of the coronavirus pandemic, I made a video on the structure of the coronavirus that causes COVID-19. And guess what? The outer layer of the virus is made up of lipids. Now, lipids are the molecules that make up fats. So it makes absolutely perfect sense that washing your hands with soap and warm water is the best way to stop the spread of COVID-19. Because the heat from the warm water and the detergent in the soap basically split open the outer fatty layer of the virus and deactivate it. Maybe it's just me, but I find the linking of seemingly random bits of information like this under a scientific principle very flipping exciting. Now, if I wanted to, I could investigate how the structure of the detergent molecules interacts with the lipid molecules and how they're arranged uh, to disrupt the coronavirus structure. Do I want to spend my time and energy doing that? Not particularly. But just because I don't know exactly how it is happening, it doesn't make my understanding any less valuable. I don't know it all. And that's okay. I don't need to know it all. If I want to know more, the information is there and I can go and access it. The key is the quality of what we know rather than the quantity. If we have a ton of unrelated bits and pieces of information that we can't really make sense of and then try to add onto that, it makes for a very unstable foundation and can lead to the mind-boggling confusion that hits many of us when we think of science. Science doesn't have to be complicated. The simplest concepts applied in the right way can be groundbreaking. What do we know about plastic? Well, there's a lot of it, so much of it actually that it's a problem, and it doesn't break down. Hmm. What could we do with something that we've got a lot of that doesn't break down? We can build stuff out of it. Hello, EcoBrick. For those who don't know what an EcoBrick is, it's basically a plastic bottle and it's packed with used plastic to a set density and it's then used as a building material. It is such a simple and elegant scientific solution. I love it. It tackles the problem of plastic pollution and provides a cheap and pretty good quality building material. If you've ever made an EcoBrick, you will know how much plastic you actually have to shove in that bottle to get it to the right weight or the right density. The best thing, anyone can make them, it's free and you don't need any fancy technology. Are EcoBricks gonna solve the plastic crisis? Nope, but they're a damn fine solution to help deal with the current amount of plastic excess in the world. Critics will shout, it's not a real solution. We should be aiming for zero waste and a more sustainable life. And that's true. But for me, it doesn't detract from the fact that the simple logic and science behind EcoBricks is genius. The zero waste movement. <sighs> okay, there is something that lights me up. It's a perfect 
blend of lifestyle, science and environmentalism. But the zero waste community can be a difficult crowd and worrying about doing sustainability right can be very intimidating. As with other areas of science, we can be made to feel like we need to know everything about sustainability before we can buy into it and before we can do it right. While I'm here and I'm telling you that if you are just thinking about the choices you're making and how they might impact the environment, then you are doing it right. If you have made one small change towards a more sustainable existence, then you are doing it right. It doesn't need to be all or nothing. It doesn't need to be comfort or sustainability. It can be both. You can make changes that will have zero impact on your comforts. Any change is better than no change. And as my mentor tells me repeatedly, Margie, you're overcomplicating things again. Let it be easy. So let's do it. Let's do it together. Let's make it simple. The best way to learn science, or anything for that fact, is to start with the basics. So to make it simple, to be hands-on, and to show you how simple and easy it is to make a shift between a more sustainable lifestyle, I've created an eco-bingo. You can download it by following the link in the notes for this podcast or it will be up on my social media next week. These are nine simple, and I mean really simple, and easy things that you can do to get on track to a more sustainable way of living. They are all based on scientific principles or logic. You can do them in any order. You might already be doing some of them. You might already be doing all of them. Or there may be a few that you hadn't thought of or haven't done for a while. The things on this bingo will in no way affect your comfort levels, I promise. If you haven't already, you can follow my pages on Facebook or Instagram at at Natural Scientist. And I'll be posting some of the logic and actions behind the items on the bingo. I'll also be encouraging you, sharing some photos of my own, and you can share your progress and pictures with us too. Have a look at it, even if you don't do everything. But let's try and check off all nine things during the month of June, or whatever month you may be listening to this. You can print it out, you can save it on your phone, challenge your friends and family members, or just do it before yourself. Even just thinking about what is on there may trigger something when you're out shopping or chatting to a friend. Above everything else, let it be easy. Before I go, I just wanted to remind you to download the EcoBingo PDF. You can follow the link in the notes for this podcast episode. Otherwise, you can find it on my social media pages. It is at Natural Scientist on Instagram and Natural Scientist on Facebook. Um, or you can visit my website, which is www.naturalscientist.net.